Spags, we made it to Monday. I'm having a little case of the Mondays today. It's raining. I lost in DFS, but will you cheer me up? Oh, I think if there's one that you can rely on on this show, Pete, it's me to cheer you up. And I've got some good bits for you. We've got our snap takeaways for week seven. We've got a little welcome to the family where we'll put on our finest Italian wares and welcome some fine folks to the family. And we do have a Monday night football game, St. Seahawks to talk about and even build a lineup for. So Pete, hit that intro and we'll get that enthusiasm going. How could you not get the enthusiasm going with that intro? Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Splash Play, the fantasy football podcast for every game under the sun. And once again, I am Chris Spags, joined by your friend and mine, Peter Overzet. And Pete, I've been up since I had a meeting at 730 this morning on the West Coast. So we are fully in the mired in the Mondays, in the case of the Mondays. So uh, how are you feeling now that we've gotten past the intro? Yeah, I was just complaining to you pre-show that on Mondays, it's the only day this happens, but my chest actually hurts from talking so much because I do my solo lineup review from 10 to 11 and I just did a 30 minute solo uh, first look salaries for the uh, Mayo Media Network there and then I come here and I'm like why why does my chest hurt oh it's because you've been talking non-stop by yourself for the past two hours yeah, people don't realize the sacrifice that goes into every <laughs> single episode and as Pete and I have to work through it. But I do feel like that is maybe your eyes falling apart. You can't talk without your chest hurting. I feel like it's a lot of worrying sides, Pete. Should I? I do need this. It, it is a good reminder for me to get my blue blocker uh, sunglasses. Although I don't like the kind of like reflection that mm-hmm. you see in it. So, you know, we'll just power on through. Oh, so, so you're just going to suffer for your art. That is what it sounds so, like. Well, the I should probably wear it when I'm not on air and then take them off when I am. So, you know, lesson learned. Well, either way, smash that like button. It's the only way we get Pete back to full health. That's what I'm going <laughs> to use as our sales pitch here. And of course, make sure you are checking out the data over at footballoutsiders.com slash subscribe. You're going to reference DVOA today. You'll, you'll hear DVOA talked about really across the entire industry. Every fantasy and betting show talks about DVOA. It's just one of those stats that are out there and you can have it in your life, for both the teams, the offense, the defense, as well as defense versus receivers. It's really helpful for some of the showdown slates like we're going to talk about with that St. Seahawks game. So go over to footballoutsiders.com slash subscribe and check out their packages for just under $5 a month on there. will help you be a better DFS player and really just know football better overall. And of course, make sure you are giving this very show five stars and a review on Apple Podcasts. I feel like the progress, Pete, has slowed down a little bit there, but we did get one more rating. And I just want to make sure we're doing the best we can to get new viewers on this show because at a certain point, we are going to run out of our friends and people who watch the show every week to actually have on. Well, I will say the Twitter reviews, though, coming in strong. I mean, Joshua wants to be on the show (laughs) really bad. And so if he doesn't come up on the wheel, we can just invite Josh on the show as well. Yeah, Josh, actually, Josh, one of our guys who's always in the chat as well, but you might have seen him on some of our Splash Play episodes hyping up Julio Jones. He's also doing well in NBA. And he like sent me a DM on Saturday asking like how I was doing for NBA DFS lineups. And I'm like, Dude, I like I just I just do him. I'm just at that point I'm tuned out completely. But he's he is locked in, Pete, in a way that we probably need to be. Yeah. Uh how how are things going now with the double dipping uh NFL and NBA? 
definitely more expensive. You definitely feel when NFL is not running quite as well, which was the case for me last week. But it's nice for me for NBA. Like, I feel like on any given slate, I'm pretty live to, you know, if not take something down, at least have some entries in the top 100 that could run good and get there. And that was the case for me over the weekend, too. So in that respect, I like it. I just feel like there's something to football. Like when you're right about something in football, you really feel it in your bones. You feel good about yourself. There's like an air of confidence that comes with it. Whereas for the NBA, it's just a numbers game. And if you're getting these things wrong night after night, like you're probably screwing up in a major way. <laughs> right. Yeah, no, that is the thing with NFL, just with it, the plays end up being so like binary too. It's like either a guy's popular or not, either he scores a touchdown and he's a great play or he does it, you know, like it's, you, you feel really good. Like you play uh, Robert Tunyon's like the perfect example. You play him at sub 5% ownership. He scores the touchdown. You feel like a genius. He doesn't, uh, and he only gets 40 yards. You feel like an idiot. So that's what we love about NFL DFS. Yeah, this is the nature of the beast, but let's talk about week seven here. We're going to talk about some of the big performances that are going to matter the most for fantasy and betting. as well some of the biggest disappointments of the week. And this is one, Pete, that I think we have in our Football Outsiders headlines today where they put together posts to uh, promote the show. And the rookie QBs, I think we need to talk about where Zach Wilson's going to be out the next two to four weeks amidst a 54-13 drubbing versus New England. Justin Fields goes for 184 yards, zero touchdowns, and three interceptions at Tampa Bay, um, which is, we have more to talk about with the coaching scenario there, but that's one that personally disappointed me. And then and we have Shanahan talking about the QB situation for San Francisco, where he's the headline on ESPN was Shanahan on sticking with Garoppolo. I guess so. So it's not great for Trey Lance either. It seems for all these rookie guys and Trevor Lawrence, I guess we can kind of leave out of the fray here. He's been perfectly solid though. Not great either, but how are you thinking about the rookie QBs? Cause I thought this class coming in based off the data, a lot of guys who threw the ball downfield, who did things were, you know, really high accuracy guys. And just so far, we're not seeing materialize in the, in the NFL field in the way that I guess I kind of took for granted. Yeah, no, I mean, the rookie QBs have been brutal. I thought it, it was part of my draft strategy for both best ball and season long to target those guys. We've seen these quarterbacks who can rush uh, specifically come out and be league winners right out of the gate. So I had high hopes. You know, they were all like bunched together. The Trevor Lawrence, Trey Lance, Justin Fields tier was hoping one of those guys could be a league winner. Even if you just hit on one of those guys in a big way, you're feeling pretty good. And to have all of these guys flop, Zach Wilson now hurt, you know, Mac Jones has been fine, but it's not like he's separating from the pack at all. So yeah, it's, it's disappointing. I still hold out just a little bit of hope that Trey Lance could finish the season strong, just because I think the setup there is really good in San Francisco, just with the weapons, how efficient that offense is. But yeah, it is bleak right now for us rookie quarterback truthers. Yeah, FF Doom in the chat saying, who would have thought Jamar Chase would be the favorite to win rookie of the year with all those QBs? And I think that's a pretty valid point to make too. And I just, honestly, the one that's hitting me the hardest is the Justin Fields one where everything I looked at for this guy, the rushing stats that Pete talked about, the downfield throwing, um, throwing guys into space, not relying on yards after contact, like you could point to Trevor Lawrence's numbers being reflective of. I'm just shook by this, honestly. And I, I think, Pete, I'll keep making these bets on the stretch. And it's so early, like we're not even really at the halfway point of the season because it is an 18-week season now. But I just feel like maybe you do have to have a little more patience, but it's hard to have the patience when these guys are getting meaningful reps in positive game scripts and it's just not working out. So I don't, I don't know. I feel like we need to talk a little bit too about the bears coaching situation. Matt Nagy going to be out uh, potentially this week with COVID special teams coordinator, Chris Tabor's running meetings. And uh, I, Pete, if there's one thing I could say, if Justin Fields were going to have a good week uh, coming up here, I don't even know what the matchup is. They honestly might be on by. I don't even know, but I would sure. say the spot getting Mac Nate, Matt Nagy out of the mix for the bears. Maybe that is what solves everything wrong with Justin Fields. Honestly, that was my take too. Like I, I'm, I still have faith in, you know, Allen Robinson, this offense. Like I, I liked Cole Komet coming into the year. I mean, the run game has been fine 
Uh, I do think Matt Nagy needs to go. He, his play calling is just so uninspiring. They played the the 49ers. They're at home versus the 49ers this week. So, yeah, I mean, part of me is just rooting for another Bears loss so we can get Nagy out of there. Yeah, Halloween game against the Niners, as Pete mentioned. So maybe you want to get back on track. And maybe Shanahan does get some, Kyle Shanahan does get some uh, some gumption and goes with Trey Lance if Trey Lance is healthy to go and we could get a rookie versus rookie battle. But not seeming like that's necessarily in the cards. Uh, other big items to talk about this week, Tennessee's beat down in Kansas City is a big one. We have A.J. Brown having his first big fantasy day of the year. Eight catches for 133 yards and a touchdown on nine targets. Derrick Henry throws a TD. Patrick Mahomes snapped in half on a 27-3 road loss that got pretty ugly at points there, Pete. And I guess the question I have for you is it time that we need to think less of Kansas City should we be thinking more of Tennessee I feel like Tennessee for the last year and change has been one of these teams that they get in the right matchup they can beat you or more importantly they can give you really viable fantasy performances yeah I'm I'm hesitant to just completely write off the Chiefs I know they look bad right now but it, it, it we've seen this team you know, do a lot with a little. When you have Mahomes, Kelsey, and Tyree Kill, you can, you know, patch up a lot of other deficiencies. So to me, this just seems like, you know, early season woes. I, you know, I always like referencing the uh, the Patriots too in the Brady area where pe people always wanted to write them off. They'd go and have that kind of catastrophic loss, you know, early to middle of the season. Everyone's ready to, uh, you know, shovel dirt on their grave and then they find their rhythm and they and they finish strong. So I, I actually don't have much long-term concerns about the chiefs right now, but it, it was an awful look for them, uh, against the Titans for sure. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know. I think the chiefs are fine. Yeah, I, I think I would err more on the side of the Chiefs being fine, especially if Mahomes is going to be good to go. Apparently, it was more of the knockout blow of getting kneed in the jaw uh, than it was kind of getting bent backwards in the way that you know, it could be a neck injury that's not the best, but that's not the case. It seems like he's expected to play in their next time uh, out for the Chiefs. So keep that in mind. Uh, don't panic. Don't pick up Chad Henney in the hopes that that's going to be something. But maybe feeding Travis Kelsey might be more of a move, given that he's been kind of a less important function of the offense this year compared to how he was last year. One team, though, and a guy that we hinted at talking about for the rookie of the year, Chase, no pun intended. Jamar Chase explodes for 200 receiving yards in a blowout versus arch rival Baltimore. Zal got the most receiving yards on rookie's first seven games with 754, which passes Anquan Bolden as one of my favorite personal fantasy seasons as well. That was just playing season long at this point, picked him up early on, and he was great that one year as a Cardinal. This spot, Pete, you were big on Jamar Chase. You also do tend to, I think, favor the rookie receivers a little bit more on their upside. But Jamar Chase, I think, even amidst a rookie class that has a lot of talent, it's hard to argue that he is really just a once-in-a-lifetime prospect that's really being added as well, added value by being in, in lockstep with his QB, Joe Burrow, a guy that he did play with in college. Yeah, uh, super impressed with Jamar Chase. Anyone that's you know deep into the prospect profile stuff knows that he was just an insane you know prospect. Like he outproduced Justin Jefferson at LSU when they were together, and Justin Jefferson is one of the best wide receivers in the NFL. So he's completely legit. I I am guilty myself of having the take that I thought. T Higgins would still be the better Bengals wide receiver this year. I was definitely on board with the Jamar chase is going to be a superstar, but we've seen these guys where it takes some time for them to come in. Even, even CD lamb last year, who isn't as good of a prospect as Jamar chase. He took a little while to kind of find his feet and then get going. Of course, Dak gets hurt and that kind of changed things. But for Jamar chase to come out of the gate and just the way he's able to put himself in position for these big plays yards after the catch, like week after week. It's uh it's incredible. And uh, yeah, he is, I wrote in the newsletter today. I think he's going to be a second round redraft pick next year. I assume he'll be going like 
late second, basically where DK Metcalf and AJ Brown were going. I think he's that much of a stud and uh, yeah, got to keep jamming him in DFS. And I think the difference too with him and even that Anquan Bolden re- uh, season that we're referencing in CD Lamb last year, like those guys were getting there through PPR points through a lot of short burst kind of catches. And then, you know, some big plays Bolden was a good run after catch guy for his entire career. But Jamar Chase, like you mentioned, like he really, like we talk about Robbie Anderson being our splash play mascot. And we'll always have a special place in our heart for guys like him and Chase Claypool for the years that they had last year. But if anybody really represented what splash play is all about, guys getting downfield, guys breaking big plays when seemingly there is no way to do it, that play yesterday where he avoided like five tacklers and routes to the one touchdown was just insane. And I think that's what Jamar Chase is. Like he is the guy that we should have really pinned all our hopes to as a splash play mascot said this fucking Robbie Anderson is an albatross. Yeah, the the problem is is the the again the drafters have gotten so sharp, you know, in in previous years like CD Lamb was an 8th round pick and going further back these rookie wide receivers um, were really, really cheap. And you had to pay a premium for Jamar Chase. You had to be willing to take him in the in the fourth round uh, at times. He got all the way up to like early and mid fourth round in some of those underdog drafts. So my whole question was, how much meat is on the bone here at a foul fourth round cost? Apparently a decent amount. Like I said, if he's a second round pick next year, he's you know outperforming his draft slot by even a couple of rounds right now, which is, it's crazy. So yeah, uh, all aboard the uh, Jamar Chase train. And I assume we'll talk about another stud rookie and Kyle Pitts here in a sec. Yeah. Also, I just want to point out the Bengals in first place in the AFC North five and two. And just real fast, Pete, they're plus 350 to win the AFC North. The Ravens still a favorite minus 120. So maybe that does throw a little rain on the parade of the Bengals. But I like that bet a lot. Like I I know I'll be in a legal betting state shortly uh, with a move to Pennsylvania. And I think for me, these are the kind of bets we probably need to do a little more talking about because I don't think the Ravens should be a minus money team to win a North. I know the Bengals maybe were putting a little too much hype there, but great offense defense. That's been pretty game. I just feel like they should be definitely closer to the Ravens and shouldn't be that far behind. Yeah. The, the Ravens were, were weird yesterday. I, I did not think that was a spot where the Bengals could be able to put up that much, uh, that much production on them. I don't know. Same thing. Like from a fantasy perspective, I don't really worry about them. I'm excited that Bateman's in the fold there. Marquise Brown and Mark Andrews continue to play well. The most frustrating thing to me is just them using these bums at running back. I I know that Tyson Williams has been in their doghouse for whatever reason, but he's the only rusher there that has any actual juice. So uh, I'm hoping that he can take over there. And then I think this offense can actually get fun. And let's talk about the NFC West real fast. Cardinals staying undefeated at 7-0 in a 31-5 game against Houston, where no player 3X their salary, though, as we talked about in our ride-or-die picks, or my one pick that I got right this week as we continue to shoot for the moon with all the 10-pointers. Uh, five Cardinals were the top-scoring players in that game, so something to keep in mind. But the Rams, in their half of the, uh, the equation for the NFC West, barely beating Detroit 28-19 on the back of Cooper Cup with 10 catches for 156 yards and two TDs. So, Pete, the question I'll ask for you, and I think I'd probably talk about the NFC West more more, not because of the West Coast bias, just because I think it's a really interesting division where these two teams of the Cardinals and Rams, I feel like, are heading towards a battle of the Titans, no pun intended, coming up later in the year. But this spot, I guess the question I have for you, Pete, who do you think can win the West out of the Cardinals and the Rams? And it might be a separate question entirely. Which team would you rather have for fantasy if, let's say, you were doing a best ball draft, you had access to either all the Rams or all the Cardinals? Who would you rather have? Um, I think the Rams for both i mean it does hurt taking the hit from kyler down to stafford but just the ceiling i think because they're more concentrated 
that I guess that for best ball that it's interesting. It's like, Oh, I can just have all the running back production or, uh, you know, that, but like, as far as usable stuff, knowing it's mainly funneling through Darrell Henderson and Cooper cup, I think makes them kind of the premier play and Cooper cup just has a ceiling that we haven't seen from any of the Cardinals wide receivers yet, just because it's so spread out. So I, I like the concentrated nature of the, of the Rams. I still think they're the more kind of all around, a uh, good team or better team. So yeah, slight lean to the Rams, but I think they're both pretty fun for fantasy. Yeah. I think both definitely going to be live down the home stretch here. And I would agree with you. I would take the Rams guys for a best ball type scenario where, you know, you're going to get Cooper cup with that incredible ceiling. We saw the floor has been there week after week. And then Darrell Henderson, we know games where Cooper cup is probably going to have shortfalls. You're probably going to see more Darrell Henderson running out that clock. So, and if Darrell Henderson's hurt, you know, Sony Michelle is going to get a pretty similar workload. So there's something really clearly defined to me. That's appealing about the Rams, but the Cardinals, you know, certainly a team that continues to be world beaters time and time again with uh, their core of guys that can go off at any moment. And then, the last item I have here, and this is kind of a general one, Pete, and I know, of course, people should be checking out the Fantasy Life newsletter to see all the nuanced takes you have about every single game pretty much every week. But yesterday, we had the Falcons de-emphasizing Mike Davis for Cordero Patterson and their win versus Miami. And as Pete mentioned, Kyle Pitts goes for 163 receiving yards in that one. The Giants beat the Panthers with solid but not great days for everyone. All the Pats running backs went nuts and the Jets blow out. And this is more of a general question for you, Pete, but are there teams right now that are starting to show some signs of life in terms of fantasy, in terms of betting, in terms of whatever? that you think are going to really pick up interest for you in the back half of the season. Yeah, that was wild. What uh, all three Patriots running backs uh, absolutely crushed yesterday. Even JJ Taylor had two touchdowns. I think the winning Millie maker lineup was it ha- that did we so. cover that yet? Yeah. Damian Harrison, Brandon Bolden uh, in it. I don't know. I still think uh, this is more a product of the Jets being awful than it is uh, the Patriots being world beaters. What will be interesting when I was doing my first look uh, DFS salary thing a few minutes ago, everyone is going to see what the Patriots just did. And then you're going to have Joe Mixon going against this Jets team this week. And so I'm really curious from a DFS perspective, do people chase the box score with the Bengals passing game, which looks so good, or does everyone try to see if Joe Mixon is going to do what the Patriots just did on the ground. So, uh, yeah, but to answer your question, you know, what are teams or situations that could be turning around for fantasy? I mean, honestly, the Jets. I, I know they lose Zach Wilson, but Elijah Moore looked good. I've had high hopes for him that as a rookie that he could finish strong. I mean, he wasn't in the Jamar Chase, Devonta Smith you know, tier as far as, you know, his quality of a prospect profile, but he was, he was a legit prospect that was ripping up preseason. And then, um, Michael Carter, their other rookie, he came out of the bye. I believe he had nine targets yesterday. So I'm, I'm pretty excited about, about the jets just, um, from a more like a season long perspective, but if that offense can just remotely put things together, I think those rookies could finish strong. Any world in which he'll be playing Mike white. One of the following weeks here with no Zach Wilson. That's more your brand. Yeah. Don't you, brand. Are you going you to tout Mike White? <laughs> I honestly haven't dug into Mike White enough. I was encouraged by the passing volume he had yesterday. It's never a great sign, though, for the backup QBs. And, and Pete's referring to last year. I really was chasing some backup QBs in a major way. Never a great sign when the guy you're looking up as a backup QB, there's a more famous person with his name. Like, I don't know who this Mike White American author is, but Michael Christopher White's an American writer, actor, producer for television and film, and also a reality TV contestant. I've never heard of this man in my life, and he gets the full page Google treatment here when you search Mike White. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I had never, I had never heard of him uh, before yesterday. So that's how it goes. 
Yeah, well, I'll do some more diligence on Mike White. I'll come back with a very nuanced take on a backup QB uh, that has a very generic name. But unfortunately for me, that was not yesterday. I, I did think, though, for what it's worth, he was not much worse than Zach Wilson, if you could be worse than Zach Wilson so far. Um, let's talk, Pete, about the low ball lineup real fast. And I don't think we need to do a full low ball review as we are trying to make good time. But hell of a low ball week for us where I think you had a really strong tournament lineup that was still aided enough by having guys putting up zeros in a way that was helpful for you. But I dominated in low ball this week and it was also because of Zach Wilson getting hurt but I feel like this might be our calling here is not worrying about making high scoring lineups let's just make the worst ones we possibly can every single show yeah let me pull this up right now I um you live by the Burrow Jamar Chase stack and boy did I die by it and I'm pretty sure my low ball lineup was better than a couple of my uh tournament teams so always nice when you're in that spot here I'm having to go through my history I had way too many uh, showdown lineups last night that it's making this hard to find. Okay, here we go. Um, I did take down the low ball tournament in the way you don't want to take it down here. Uh, 143.54 for me. Um, very happy with these ownership percentages, though, to get these guys all only one-third owned in the field. Uh, looks pretty nice. Spags, you got to laugh at that. Um <laughs> <laughs> you're just nodding your I, just, I was just nodding along and I'm like, oh, he's making a joke point and not a real point. That like, happens on a Monday for us. Um, yeah, just absolutely brutal to get 67 from my primary stack there. Hopkins was fine. And I have to take the uh, the 2.8 points from Tevin Coleman who didn't play. But let's see Willis here in the mid tier, you know, really trying to game things backfired on him. You got to add 12.9. You got to add 8.6. That's another 20 points, 153. So Willis is technically last this week in the low ball uh, tournament. I hate to say it, Willis. And then Spags. I mean, even A though- dominant you, low ball showing, we can say. So you you get up to what, 14? So you're like 90 or almost 100 there. Plus uh, who else didn't play for you? Blossom game? Did, did Blossom no, Blossom game play? I mean, Blossom game was available to play. He just did what he always does. <laughs> yeah, no, you ran away with this by about uh, 40 points there. So, yeah, the Zach Wilson injury, the Derrick Henry fade was super nice for you. I thought uh, the wide receivers you chose were good. Um, yeah, you uh, you crushed it. No, it feels good. I, I do think I'm on a strategy here that's going to work. Of course, we will be doing low ball every Thursday with our viewer guests that we have on, assuming we can get somebody in the mix. But uh, the low ball has been fun and was a bright spot for me, though I, I did realize this week, like I'm not going to play this as like a GPP lineup anywhere else because I just didn't see a world where Kyrie Blossom game was going to explode onto the, onto the scene the way that he should. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, Apparently, very... Willis is saying, by the way, he did. He was in the game and ran routes. So Kyrie Blossom game deeply involved in that in that attack as well for the Titans. I was able to hold off uh, the Kansas City Chiefs yesterday. Too sharp, too sharp. Yeah, too sharp. Sure. That's what it is. Speaking of too sharp, Pete, are you ready for to welcome some people to the family? <laughs> I am. Uh, let me take a sip of water. Let me really center also, myself. Uh... While I, while I get into the costume here for, of course, one of our favorite bits where we are going to welcome Italian culture back into splash play with it, you know, back in the public mainstream eye a little bit more. Have you seen the Island Boys meme at all? Okay. Oh, okay. yeah. <laughs> have you, I, have uh... you thought about content around it yet? Because I does feel like, I don't know if current Pete, but I feel like there's a previous Pete in here that would have been doing some Island Boys videos to try to catch the heat. Do we want to start doing Saturday night football, Monday night football on Thursday? Because I did an Island Boy joke because we, you know, they call those games Island games. Uh, mm -hmm. so maybe there's something there. Spags and Pete are the, I'm an I mean, island look, I, boy. I'm an island <laughs> boy and I wear the best. I put Alvin Kamara in the captain spot and I get them points. <laughs> 
there's something to i mean honestly our freestyle couldn't be worse than the actual guys freestyle ivan black saying please don't i don't know how you can't get caught up in the island boys excitement yeah. we're pushing the italian thing but boy island boys capturing the world's imagination right now yeah, I think we do from now on all of our showdown content, <laughs> the Island Boy. The problem was this is last, it was actually last night. I I was like, oh my, because I saw some people starting to post cameos from mm. these guys. So I went to their cameo page. These guys are fucking grinding cameos <laughs> right now. Just like $150 a pop, just spitting them out. So uh, maybe we use uh, some splash play uh, funds on uh, on an Island oh, Boy cameo. So we could, yeah, maybe we could expense it. I, I think I just yeah. filed my expense report yeah. for October. Maybe I could squeeze that in for November, getting an Island Boys cameo. It's funny too, because they don't even go by Island Boys. Like they're just being called that now, but there's like, it's like Fiasida and Uncle Kiak or I don't know what the fuck. They have really stupid names and they're not leading fully into the Island Boys brand yet. No. Yeah, uh, I I am captivated. I even watched this other like behind the scenes or like the making of these guys and what they were up to before. Apparently, they're like trust fund kids from uh, oh. like from Florida, and then they got into lots of trouble and then have like made content around being like bad boys. Uh, so. I went deep down the island boy rabbit hole. <laughs> I, I did see there was a YouTube recommended video about their criminal background. And I was like, I don't know that I want to know. Like, like Trippy Red, I feel like is one of the guys that's like a, a rap guy that people probably know out there that I, I probably shouldn't be talking about as somebody in my mid thirties looking like I do. But I feel like there's a lot of these guys where it's like, oh yeah, they also committed grievous like statutory rape crimes and drug assault crimes. And it's like, oh, it's not as fun of a meme then <laughs> when that's the case. But <laughs> island boys, uh, if you haven't caught the meme, please do it and, and prepare for us to figure out some angle to do this on the show but today pete it's time to welcome people to their family because italian culture is back jimmy garoppolo sunday night football oh jimmy garoppolo dude i was shoveling my mouth with the spaghetti and i'm watching this guy ruin my underdog pickums i was really chapped but i still love that boy jimmy g i'm never kicking him out of the family well, it's time. You know what, Pete? I know we, we got to welcome guys to the family, and let's start it out. I feel like Jimmy G's been welcomed once or twice before, but we got to welcome Jimmy G back. Handsome Jimmy once more. Yesterday, Sunday Night Football throws two INTs. Only one touchdown is returned to action on Sunday Night Football against a weak Colts defense. And you know what, Pete? Kyle Shanahan, big Kyle over in the Bay, he's keeping his job. It doesn't matter what he does out there because he's a made man, and that's the kind of guy we want in the family. You could fail upwards here in this family, so there you go jimmy g handsome jimmy welcome to the family my friend oh jimmy g jimmy g i don't like it but i'll allow it but here let me let me welcome a true guy to the family not some poser like jimmy g i want to welcome one mr foster morose i don't know if you heard but darren waller got injured on saturday didn't play and this guy foster island of morocco steps in puts up a 660 for one line i i, I was i was i was trying to squint at the tv screen i was like is that darren waller no that's foster moreau the point i'm trying to make is they look the damn same spags okay foster moreau welcome to the family tight ends are replaceable you're the next great one well, I already welcomed his coach last week, but I was going to welcome Rich Versace of Big and Rich in one more time because he's 2-0 and as a Raiders coach. Great Italian-Americano, though I have not fully researched his ethnic background. I could only assume with the name Versace sounds like a fine breakfast treat, and I think that's what I'm going to stick with for him being Italiano. But I agree. It's like replacing a bottle of Rayo's sauce with a bottle of Ragu. That's what happened when he got Darren Waller going to Foster Moreau, and yet Big and Rich comes through one more time. He's 2-0, Pete. This is huge. Jimmy G can't lose his job. And Rich Basaccia doing oh the Bay Area or the former Bay Area thriving with Italianos true paisans. 
Wow, thank you. Uh, it's, I, I thought Foster Moreau was my guy, and you're really trying to steal my thunder there. Well, I also had prepared a Rich Versace a bit, because I think he's going to get welcomed to the family every week, because he keeps winning, and his name is Rich Versace, as we discussed. Here I thought you were improvising all of these, like you used to tell me. Little did I know, you got them all written down. Well, and then there's loose notes in the segment sheet, Pete. If you ever pulled it up, you'd see the kind of prep work uh, I do. Uh, just generalities, really. And speaking of, Pete, because that was just me tagging hey, on the why, why don't you welcome a teleprompter to the family? <laughs> over there my god i'm also gonna welcome terry mclaurin the f1 ferrari a true paisan catches seven balls 122 yards and a tutty on 12 targets with an array of throws forced his way for the fourth most air yards in week seven great data in addition to great italiano impressions but getting it done with taylor heineke that is a true sign of character pd overs and that's why i'm gonna say terry mclaurin the ferrari back in my garage welcome to the family Hey, hey, real creative, Terry McLaurin. Did you have that next to your billboard with Kyle Pitts, too? Any other superstars that literally my grandma? And God rest her soul. We miss her so oh, much. God, God Even bless, she God knows <laughs> Terry McLaurin. I mean, come on, buddy. Let me let me welcome someone that's actually a new kid on the block. A guy that I blew all my fab for in week two. But it's Eli Mitchell season. Come here, Eli. I want to give you a big hug that almost Mwah, can Kiss up on cheeks. Oh, did I, it's, you started the kiss. Did you write down Elijah Mitchell on your sheet too? Is this why you're getting all worked up? You're going to steal mine? You're just going to read it? No, I just want to give guys kisses on the cheek. Masculine uh, kisses for a masculine oh. man. That's anyway. Go on. Please, Pete. The floor is yours. Pete, overs. The thing that's sometimes hard about giving these guys kisses is trying to do it through the helmet. You know, you try to pucker up. There's the face shield. So sometimes you got to get your tongue in there, right? You got to get your tongue. And then you get, you get right through the face mask shield. And you lick that right there. And you welcome it. <laughs> Sometimes he's got to lick a face. That's what we always talk about in the corner with the boys. I'm done. Is that it? Okay, I didn't realize I didn't want to step on your bit because I felt like I was perhaps encroaching a bit too much with my exuberance for the character work. But I got one more guy to welcome to the family. And if you've been watching this show, if you watched anything, Sal Vecchi was on the show, another true paisan. We talked about our days doing the XFL, and it was just great to see this guy one more time. P.J. Walker, the Houston Roughneck, Sam Donald gets benched. P.J. Walker comes in, throws for only 33 yards. But with the Rock too busy, mainline and PEDs with tequila, this is the closest we get to the XFL back model. Peter PJ Walker. He's in our lives. He probably won't play again, but if he does, what a moment for us. Hey, that was really cute. I know the team's already come out and said Sam Darnold is their week eight starter, but it was cute. And I'd hate for you to have to write something down here real quickly that you'd have to read off. So great job on the PJ Walker. I love it. Hey, he it. could come back and get any minute as Sam Darnold. Sammy Sunshine don't like throwing them touchdowns, as we call them back in, back in the family. <laughs> Are we done? You got one more, Pete? Yeah, we yeah, of course I got one more. Okay. You guys watch these Patriots guys. Everybody likes Damian Harris. Everybody likes J.J. Taylor. All the slappies want Ramondre Stevenson to be a thing. But it's my guy, Brandon Bolden. I think it's time we welcome this guy to the family. He does it all. Six through 79 through the air. Finds the end zone. He's a journeyman. He does it all. He's the tried and true. He's like my relationship with Vinny, okay? No matter how much he fucks me over. No matter how much he backstabs me. He keeps coming back, okay? Okay, and that's what Brandon Bolden is. He never goes away. Is is he, who's this Vinny character? What's he doing? <laughs> I don't want to talk about Vinny. That guy backstabs me left and right. Well, the thing about Brandon Bolden, the way we do these accents here, you could say the text on the page would also be marked in bold, and that's why he's so bold. Is Brandon Bolden? He's bold in the text to indicate we are in fact doing Italiano accents, gabagool, etc. Thank you. <laughs> 
they make it. All right, so of course, this bit brought to you by the Pasta House Company. I always forget to promote our good friend Frankie P, who was on the show, but we couldn't do this bit if it weren't courtesy of him owning an Italian restaurant and having his family out there. So that's why welcome to the family. That's where you're really part of the family. It's over at the Pasta House Company, Pete. I'm doing free plugs for people in character. Wow, what a show we do. Hey, man, dude, the possibilities, you can barely imagine them. Oh, my own, you can't even imagine them. It's okay. I'm sweating, too. This is too much. <laughs> uh, somebody called me fat in the YouTube comments the other day, which I don't know if you saw that, Pete. It hurt me a little. I, yeah, I did. I thought I was just like, seriously? Like, first, I didn't, I didn't even indulge it. No, I just, I saw it and was like, you know what? It's a fair point. It's also, I've realized that the the backwards hat is slimming. So that's something to keep in mind for all you DFS content creators out there. If you want to keep yourself aligned, always wear a backwards hat. Mod own. Yeah, Uh, (laughs) man. I, uh, I I can't imagine how broken your brain has to be to, uh, to comment on somebody on the internet, Pete, (laughs) who could could do that? What kind of monster must you be? Goodness. All right, it's time. It's time for the week. I don't know. It's time for the waiver wire snake draft. We had to get our energy up for the show, but now my energy is probably too high. But every week we do the earliest waiver wire show in the entire world where we talk about our waiver wire pickups, all the ones that are under 80% owned on uh, ESPN leagues. And of course, we do use Sam Wallace's Rotoviz article where he does a lot of the great legwork for us. So we don't have to know who actually is over 80% owned and who isn't. And uh, Pete, I always like to let you go first here. And I feel like we're hitting our stride now. I'm sweaty. I'm wearing a hoodie. So let's no this first. is no this is fucking bullshit you say you like letting me go first when there's not an obvious pick it's so transparent um i actually uh think that there if if uh what are you laughing at college chat saying i'm a spumoni boy <laughs> i'm a spumoni boy and trying i like, to get the gabagool i'm, I'm trying to kiss eli mitchell through the face mask <laughs> Licking a sweaty face mask that's been rubbed in dirt just to, just to show that he's welcome to the family. Um, yeah, you're a snake for trying to give me the first pick here and acting like you're so generous. Fine, I'll do it. Should, should I take Brandon Bolden? I'll do uh, it. I mean, I think he's proven that he's got a role with James White being hurt, so I think that's a reasonable one. Yeah, all right. We'll take Brandon Bolden. I get, he's he's a PPR play uh, for sure. Uh, I don't think you want to pick him up in standard leagues, but I trust you all are at least playing in half-point PPR leagues. Uh, but yeah, Brandon Bolden, uh, my uh, Italian alter ego already waxed poetically about him. Uh, but yeah, he is um, he's getting four to five targets a game, and uh, the team trusts him. And I actually think heading into this game against the Chargers, where it will not be as favorable of a Damian Harris uh, rushing game script. I think Brandon Bolden will probably see another five to six targets in that spot. And uh, during the bipocalypse, the by NATOs, the by 2K, the by Sage, I think Brandon Bolden could really help out in a pinch. You know, I think that's a reasonable one. He was running routes. I think the people's consternation out there, and he's clearly been ahead of JJ Taylor in the backfield overall, according to the routes run, the snaps per game. So I think if you are going to take a guy, chase one of these big days, probably would be wiser to take Brandon Bolden uh, than JJ Taylor on waivers this week. And I will take the two picks on the turn, which are going to be very difficult to do uh, this go round. But the first guy I'm to take apparently available in 95% of leagues. And I have to say, like, I'm surprised his role has started to kind of materialize in a positive way, because I thought Randall Cobb being back in the fold would mean 
uh, not great things for this guy. But Alan Lazard feels like he's getting that MVS role that people were talking about in the preseason. He's getting enough touchdowns here. Uh, the scoring, Sam Wallace has a really nice graph as well, outlaying this on rotoviz.com if you want to check it out. And of course, check out this article too, because it does a good, do a good job every week in a way that we can't go quite as deep on this segment. But I feel like Lazard, Pete, just keeps getting there week after week. And to me, anytime that you do see Devontae Adams kind of regress, or especially a week where Devontae Adams and Aaron Jones don't have great games, it's got to go somewhere. And that's probably the Lazard and Tanyan weeks. So I feel like Lazard, to me, if you're desperate at wide receiver, definitely one guy who's at least getting a run. Yeah, it's kind of like the the musical chairs with those Packers guys. They're just kind of always cycling through, you know, which one is going to have the big game. But yeah, I don't mind. Uh, I don't mind Lazard there. This is where you normally try to trap me into stealing your pick, but it is still your pick. It is still my pick, of course, because we are doing it snake draft style. And I'll take this guy one more time. And I'll, I guess I'll honestly just keep taking him until he is owned enough leagues. But KJ Osborne, I think, has been pretty impressive overall. Um, I do expect that, you know, he's going to have the weeks where he's not doing a whole lot because Justin Jefferson's a monster. Dalvin Cook's a monster. Adam Thielen can be a monster. But I think he's shaved enough production away that he should be owned at this point. And, you know, it's by apocalypse, as Pete mentioned. So in this spot, I think take two wide receivers and hope one of them pays out. And I think KJ Osborne is probably about as viable as anybody at wide receiver. Yeah, uh, I don't mind that at all. I mean, at least different than kind of the Packers. It's definitely more of a concentrated target tree mm -hmm. there. He's basically, I feel like he just kind of alternates games with Tyler Conklin. Like the offense can't support Thielen, Jefferson, and both of those guys, but generally one of them has a solid game. I'll do our cover boy, and I'm going to sneak this one in. We did him last week, but per our rules, he's still available in 82.8% of leagues. So let's do uh Rashad Bateman here. He was out targeted yesterday by Brown and Mark Andrews. I think that is to be expected. Um, but he is running a ton of routes. He's basically kind of sliding into the role that Sammy Watkins had, which I think should give him a, a, a nice runway. And I think he's more talented than Sammy Watkins at this point in their careers. So I'm excited about Rashad Bateman. He still feels like the kind of stash who could really see an increased role as the season goes on. Did you see a related point, but I think one that kind of does enhance your case on Bateman. Do you see how many air yards Marquise Brown had in that game yesterday? It was was it it was a ton again, right? It was 320 air yards, uh, which would put him ahead of number two T. Higgins, who had 179. So he had 150 more air yards than the guy who was number two, or 140 rather. Yeah, it's uh, it's wild. Uh, we we know what his role is, and you know Marquise Brown. I I played him in uh, DFS yesterday, and anytime he's sub 10 percent and he's getting that many air yards, he's going to be a very good play. Yeah, Lamar throwing the ball deep downfield, and at some point, Bateman's going to get some of that off the table. But Pete, you got one more pick here for the turn, so take who you want. Yeah, let's see here. Let me see if I can get anything fun for you guys here. Um, hmm, hmm, hmm. Any island boys out there? <laughs> I need an island boy <laughs> on the waivers now. I need a no one to play, and someone's <laughs> got to fill a roster spot. I need a bell cow back at a rock bottom price. <laughs> so Anyone, what's your pick? <laughs> All right, I'll do Darius Slayton. Uh, he uh, he's been filling in now and is back healthy. And uh, we had Galladay, Shepard, and Kadarius Tony, who all missed last week. Saquon Barkley still out. Darius Slayton. Um, I know Dante Pettis was the one who you know found the end zone yesterday, but it's really that outside role that's been really valuable. Uh, I Martingale, Darius Slayton on this show many times last year. And uh, as long as Kenny Galladay is out on the outside, I think he's going to be their kind of dynamic uh, deep threat. So I'll say uh, Darius Slayton. He has 22 targets and 102 receiving yards uh, in his in his three healthy games this season. And so uh, that's nothing to turn your nose up at. 
Yeah, I think people were chasing Dante Pettis. I did play a little more Slayton yesterday. Both ended up being okay, but not great plays. But I do think Slayton has a little more of an ability to have that upside because we've seen it happen enough times with Daniel Jones in the past. Um, I'm going to go with one more receiver. I guess I'll maybe two more. We'll see how it goes. But Van Jefferson is just somebody I feel like I got to plant a flag for. I keep playing him every week. And uh, there are definitely some weeks where it works out, some weeks where it doesn't. But I think he has enough of a share in this offense where kind of like we talked about with KJ Osborne, where one of the stars does fall a little bit under, you know, just underperform overall. Van Jefferson is going to be one of those guys that picks it up. And Higby, I think he's getting more of a buzz this week. I know our guy John Daigle is posting about uh, some of the target shares for Tyler Higby in games without Johnny Munt. But Van Jefferson, to me, just running a lot of routes, seemingly is ahead of Deshaun Jackson pretty safely now. So a young guy, he had a young enough guy, rather, that I feel like he can still have some upside here and maybe even sees a little more away from Robert Woods. Yeah, uh, he... He's on the field a lot. He he's not a guy that I I want to have to start in season long leagues. But you know, in the Binados, the Bipocalypses, the Bimageddons, the Bi Two Ks, the Bi Sage, uh, sometimes you have to start a Van Jefferson. Um, all right, is it? I got one more though. So unless you want to give me who I should take. <laughs> No, I'm not going to say it because I know you. I will take one that's actually not on the road of his article, but I know he's going to be a lower owned. You got to take Boston Scott at this point, too. And he probably could have made the case to go a little bit higher. Kenneth Gainwell is going to be the one that's available. And it looks like 74 percent of leagues out there. So the more obvious name. But Boston Scott, we saw get some end zone looks yesterday. Get, you know, was meaningfully in the mix when Miles Sanders was hurt. I think Gainwell is going to be used more as a pass game guy. Boston Scott has shown that he can actually yield a decent workload. So I don't have a ton of faith here. We've talked about Jalen Hurts and how he kind of hurts running back production in the past as most mobile QBs do, but Boston Scott, we've seen have outlier days before. And I think uh, it would be logical to me, Pete, if they did rely on him a little bit more than Gainwell. Yeah. Uh, I think that's interesting. I think if Sanders does miss time, you know, Boston Scott, I doubt they'll want to give Kenneth Gainwell like the full bell cow status. Boston Scott probably get some more of the carries and it'd probably be more of a 50, 50 split between those two. So I, I think that's a sharp call to stash Boston Scott now. Also, apparently on Monday Night Football on the Manning cast tonight, Pete, will be Marshawn Lynch, Tom Brady, Drew Brees, and Sue Bird, WNBA Hall of Famer, or maybe Hall of Famer, at least should be, and uh, queen of the run it backpacks on, on Top Shot as well. Sounds like a nice crew of island boys <laughs> so, for you. Sue Bird is here, gonna make some buckets too. <laughs> Bears Higgs is gonna be mad if we keep doing this. But we're island boys, even though we live on the Florida Peninsula. <laughs> Come on. Anyway, it's good because like honestly they set the bar so low with the rhyme scheme you could just say anything and it's in your head and it's fine I, I i literally as i was doing my deep dive by 50 hours of research on the island boys last night i was i literally was having like the conversation like why did this go viral in trying to think and i i literally thought it was like someone singing to themselves in the shower just making up their own lyrics and that it was like extremely relatable where there's just enough of a melody that you convince yourself it sounds good like just enough and i think people just related with that so much uh and of course they look crazy and they were in a, a nice looking pool and stuff so that is my theory is that it sounds like we all think or hope we sound when we're singing to ourselves well, I'm also surprised we haven't seen more of the them appropriating the Patois culture of things, which they should probably not be doing in that voice. But because they have, now we can do it and make fun of it. And that's the, the slippery slope of content these days, Pete. And I have to say, too, one thing which put let's put a pin in this uh, for the future. In the in the future, I bet there will be like a Netflix documentary on these guys within a one week window to capitalize. Kind of like Tiger King, where it's like, let's get all this content out immediately. And we're so close to that moment in time, but not quite yet. 
Oh, you just mean of like just having the production infrastructure to just like whip something up right yeah, just away. Just to immediately have an Island Boys documentary that's getting like 7 million views on on Netflix or maybe YouTube. Right. Yeah, if Netflix dropped an Island Boys documentary like this weekend, it would be what everyone would watch and talk about the whole Yeah, and they would be week. even more famous. And honestly, they're already alarmingly famous given the fact that we're talking about them for about a quarter of the show. <laughs> yeah. That's that's Island Boy life for you. But there you go. There's a waiver wire snake draft. Wait, did you take the last pick? No, you didn't. Uh, no, it's uh, it's my my turn. Yeah. Um, Joshua Frick. Yes, the Splash Play apparel is out. I have the link down below uh, on my Shopify store. Um, I can even show you guys. Let's let's do real quick. I know this is uh, taking a detour here, interrupting my. Oh, yeah, we never do that on Splash Play that much. Oh sure. yeah. <laughs> but uh, I am I'm actually going to be putting in an order for some of this stuff. This is the first dad hat that I've put in the store. But I feel like our logo on that pink dad hat looks so good we also have the yellow splash play beanie we got the classic white hoodie that i think looks good we got a shirt and a mug so there's the splash play collection right there i might begin that beanie with the cold weather coming back into my life and i, I used to be a big beanie guy at one point in my life Pete, and then came a backwards hat guy because legally you have to do that when hosting dfs and betting shows but i think you know the dad hat the beanie like we got some looks serving up looks here on the channel this is in, uh, you know, if you're having, uh, you know, a gender reveal party, you get the, uh, you know, the pink, the baby blue there, uh, and 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 then you're you're ready to go there for uh, for your party. I also like the description too. Now that I'm going to be a dad, we need a dad hat. How did, <laughs> how did that become the brand? Is it because of the bent brim and dads wear bent brims more? I'm actually not sure the origin of it. I guess it's, I don't know. Is it just like a is it a 90s thing like the soccer dad soccer mom soccer dad thing wearing a a random cap i don't know i was getting targeted by some dad brand company that does like all these silly ironic hats that are in that same style so it's something out there that we're not aware of but we're so ahead of the uh, curve Pete. and i feel like your logo too like you are like pete influence peak influencer not pete influencer peak influencer with your logo on there where it's like i feel like i'm part of a trendy fashion brand good that's the goal yeah, that's, that is the goal. All right, let's do the ride or die picks for Monday Night Football. And I guess it's worth catching up that uh, we did. I did not have a great week in ride or die picks. Pete, you had a slightly better week, which has been the case uh, more often than not. And actually, I think we might have done the thing again where our guests got fucking smoked because they don't know how to do this game that, we're, <laughs> that we've turned it into. Really? Yeah, I think Gretch didn't. I, Gretch might have gone over as well, if I'm recalling correctly. How did how did I do? Um, he, you had more than me. I know you had at least two 10 pointers. Uh, let's see. You had two 10 pointers and one three pointer. You got that Terry McLaurin would outscore Devonte Adams. You got that miles Gaskin would outscore Calvin Ridley by 2.5 points, which unfortunately I doubled down on and then was incorrect on. And then you also got that, uh, uh, that the bucks defense is going to outscore Justin Fields. And then I leveraged off of that. So, uh, <laughs> the leverage thesis that has been really working in my favor, Pete is really apparently not working in my favor at all. Yeah, uh, you know, you live by the leverage and you die by the leverage. Uh, nice to see you got wrecked. It actually is hilarious. So like, okay, so Gretsch went 0-11. And, and obviously, to be clear, this is not speaking at all about Gretsch and his skills. It's more the, the mind games that go on here. But Gretsch just missed one on Hollywood Brown, as our guy Willis is pointing out there. Last week, Al Zeidenfeld puts up the Ofer. Uh, let's see, week five, we had... Uh, Daigle putting up one in 14, but he only got a three pointer. So we're really bringing people on this show just to emasculate them with this pick structure that we are also being emasculated by. Yeah. Which reminds me, I need to uh, line up the next person to emasculate uh, for Friday. So we'll have to talk about uh, a guest that, that wants to step in. I mean, maybe I need to, you know, I always explain to the guests like how it works. I'm trying to think what, what can we do to level the playing field? Should we just make a highlight? 
clip of just kind of me just running psychological circles around you guys when we play this game. <laughs> I mean, I think that would be the best way to explain it. I think it's just more that uh, don't don't be afraid to be wrong is what I would say when bring people onto the show because we we've realized like this isn't great. You know, it's not great picks based content, but we do present more of a case. So I think the hot takes way you framed is probably the best way to do it. Yeah. Yeah, Definitely. so bring, bring your heat here, but we'll bring some heat for Sunday Night Football, and we'll try to build the lineup, too. We got New Orleans getting 22.8 implied points, Seattle getting 18.8 implied points this game, so not the highest total spot. According to Vegas so far on uh, this one, Pete, but um, I guess I'll let you take the first ride-or-die pick, and normally for the Monday Night Football games, because we are island boys, we do only do the showdown captain picks for this one, Pete, but um, follow your heart here. Who do you want in this game? Uh, I mean... It seems unfair because it does seem like there's such a slam dunk captain in this game tonight. So, but I'm always looking to grind out all the edges. I'm here to lay ruin to my opponents, no matter what. So I'll take Alvin Kamara captain. Alvin Kamara captain does seem like a very plus EV move overall, though probably will be very highly owned based on the ownership projections out there. And um, so I have, I have a two pronged ride or die pick where I also want to pose a question with this one, but I'm going to take Geno Smith one more time. because I think at some point this has to pay off and the numbers from him. I think have looked pretty decent on 80.5% just a completion rate on the year. I think he's running bad and it is Geno Smith and maybe he's just going to run bad forever. But in this spot, I think he's going to have a little better performance under pressure where he's had a 15 QB rating so far when pressured. Um, Geno Smith is looking pretty good. And the question part that I have, Pete, um, actually, well, you don't have this link, but if you pull up the show notes real fast, somebody tweeted us um, asking about a Geno Smith jersey and saying that they were going to get a Geno Smith jersey. And I believe is some guy with a, a play on Steve Harvey as his name, but he said he was going to buy this one. And I don't think that more than five people have bought a Geno Smith jersey at a $120 price tag. That would be my guess. That would be... Uh, fascinating data to have. Mm -hmm. I would, I would love to see that. All right. I'm pulling this up right now. Let me get this tweet up. Yeah. So you, if you want to go on our splash play Twitter page, you can see the reply there where I asked if it was Geno Smith season again. And then <laughs> he's starvey is the guy's name at JJ drum and said, fuck it, bro. Everyone eats tonight. And apparently <laughs> teasing that he's going to buy a Geno Smith, Nike college Navy game Jersey for $120. And again, I put the over under at five, maybe 10, but it can't be more than that. Wow. This is incredible. I love this interaction here. I've honestly, I don't even know if I recognize this account. They just adding us to say Tyler Lockett says it. You love to see it. We're expanding beyond just the deposit kingdom universe. That's what we really want out of our lives. <laughs> That's right. Uh, wow. I really, let's find out a way. Uh, JJ Drummond, if you actually do this, um, how about this? If you send us a photo of you wearing the Geno Smith, jersey will you'll get uh the fast pass to come onto the show one of the thursday shows and i will send you uh a 25 dollars gift card to get a splash play shirt or dad hat or beanie so if you can sh send proof of you wearing this geno smith jersey and i you can't just go google image this is like you got to verify a reddit ama you need to be holding up a sign <laughs> with your jersey that says i love splash play ideally one that makes it look like you're being held hostage because in some respects you are and you know what, pete let, let's go one beyond i will make this offer to anybody that owns a geno smith seahawks jersey right now okay wow all right so, so we're just, we're putting the word out on the show. Like, I don't think we need to put a tweet out for it. Um, but I want to make this challenge where if anybody out there owns a Seahawks, Geno Smith, jersey, not a Jets one, I'm sure there's enough of those, but the Seahawks premium $120 one, they can be on the show and have whatever agenda they want. And then we'll just, we'll make the best of it. Joshua Frick is literally already in his car <laughs> driving to the thrift store to buy a Geno Smith jersey right now to get on the show.
I mean, Joshua, you know, law of averages is going to get on one of these weeks, but I do think if you want to get on and really ingrain yourself, if you want to be welcome to the family on this show, boy, get yourself a Geno Smith jersey at 120 bucks. <laughs> that, you know, they say, uh, you know, everything has a price. That's what it costs to get on the show these days. 120 bucks. <laughs> yeah, we're going up in value. And that's uh, that's unfortunately there he is. Uh, the way to do Damn, it. Damn, I'm going to get a Geno jersey. <laughs> Again, you know, look, if you want to be committed to a bit here, like we are on the show embarrassing ourselves day after day, you could definitely be committed to the bit and get a Geno Smith jersey for yourself. But time to time to build ourselves a lineup. And uh, Pete, you did make your Alvin Kamara captain flag. I planted my Geno Smith one. So I'll let you take the first pick and decide how this lineup build is going to go here for, of course, tonight's Monday night football game with the Saints and the Seahawks. Yeah. So, I mean, let's, uh, you know, I kind of know your tendencies. Uh, mm-hmm. You like to uh, have a dinner an appetizer and a dessert full of chalk. So I am putting this in a single entry contest for us. Mono, you put some rail sauce on that and oh boy, just like mama used to make a nice chocolate meal. <laughs> oh goodness. Um, yeah, let's, let's go ahead and just put uh no, let's get creative. I- I'm going to let you pick the captain. I'm going to put Kamara in the flex and I'll let you pick the captain. Okay, so let's let's get real creative. And honestly, I don't know. I know this guy was activated off of IR, but I don't know if he'll be playing for sure. So keep your eyes peeled before you do this. How about a Traquan Smith captain? Good God. <laughs> how about how about like one of the receivers if you're gonna do that? Like Traquan is a receiver. No, I mean like one of the good receivers. Like <laughs> even Marcus Callaway looks fine. Uh Metcalf Rocket worth pointing out too. As you can see on the screen. How about but. how about Callaway if you want to go that route? Well, I mean, but my thesis here is that Traquan being back is what's going to cut away from Callaway. But but Traquan has never shown like the ceiling to be a winning captain. He's shown the ceiling last Fine, year. Fine, I don't want to argue. No, no, I, I think I think it's a worthwhile debate. I mean, Jameis would also be a pretty viable captain, I think, if you want to go that way. Um, let's see here. It doesn't even sound like he's going to play. Is he, I mean, he was he was designated to return. I don't know. You know, I didn't see the it's, practice. It's a windows. 21 day window for him to come back. All right. So then let's go Jameis. Then we'll play it safe. I think Jameis captain. And then and there's a real important part of the thesis too. No Taysom Hill, I think, is a big part of having Jameis a captain. And um, he'll be less owned a captain than Kamara for sure. All right. If we're doing Jameis at captain, then um, then we should probably add Callaway here. Or you and can now we are now we are Adam Johnson, Adam we Troutman, are, maybe. Well, that's it's your pick now, and we need to save some money. Okay. Um, I think we got to take oh, Alex Collins is probably too expensive, right? Um, <laughs> you can tell if he had a bad DFS Sunday when he's practicing bankroll management with the splash play lineup. That is true. I think I Pete- normally actually put these lineups in. This might be one of those episodes where I remove the screen share before hitting submit, and you just think I entered it. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's mean. And one of, one of these days, it probably is going to be a winner. And then you're going to be the one who's ruined the day, I'd say. Also, Josh was saying you said play it safe with Jameis Captain. That is a fair point. That might have. <laughs> Joshua, hands at 10 and 2 if you're driving to Dick Sporting. Good, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I will take one of the lesser running backs. How about we take the returning Rashad Penny at running back? Alex Collins banged up. Penny, we know, has had some draft capital invested in him. And at some point, that has to pay off, right? Yeah. Hang on, Josh. Yes, if you buy it, if you, you buy it, you... <laughs> uh, this is the negotiation on the show again. We said anybody with a Geno Smith jersey, but it has to be in a timely fashion. If you bring us this in a month, it's not going to be relevant. Yeah, so make sure if you're buying it on eBay, there you're paying for expedited shipping. Um, but it has to be the premium version, though. Can't be a shitty child's version. Just want to be perfectly clear. <laughs> 
Yes, thank you. I, I hope we're being perfectly clear there. Mm -hmm. Um, all right. So if we are stacking up, um, I do agree with the idea of we probably need another one. It looks like both Juwan Johnson and Kenny Stills look like they could be viable cheap. Let's go with uh, Johnson here. Okay. Yeah. And Kenny Stills, I think certainly in the mix as well. And I'm honestly kind of surprised that this is a four point line favoring the saints on the road, which makes me feel like maybe we can get away with the saints onslaught here. Um, is that, mm, I mean, do we want to go saints D and just assume that Gino completely shits the bed after I baited my, my ride or die pick. Um, he, I don't know if I, I don't think I don't mind the saints D play, but probably not with Rashad Ooh. Penny, like RB RB twos do not correlate well with opposing defenses. I would, well, do we want to switch to DJ Dallas and get off Penny? Um, I don't have any love for DJ Dallas. Would you rather have Collins? Yeah. Okay. So sure. switch I off Penny and go to Collins. Okay. And then we'll have a little bit of money left. I'll have to take one of these flyer guys. Uh, we could do Kenny stills, I think. Right. Oh yeah. That'd be good. Oh, so no, we're really we're going three, to James. We're, three, we're, it 300, around. we're 300 off. Oh, I, I'm telling you, if we just put Callaway in captain and we bring Winston down to flex. <laughs> if you want to do it that way, that's fine. If we we're going to assume Traquan doesn't play, I think that's a more logical move. If Traquan does play, I would try to flip it back the other way. I don't think Traquan's going to play. Okay. I don't know. He's a big bodied guy who does similar things, which I think is has cachet in this industry of ours and this showdown world of ours, this island boy world of ours. It's a shitty lineup, <laughs> but that's what we do. <laughs> I don't, you know, like, are people going to really be doing Onslaught New Orleans tonight? Because I do think going Onslaught Seattle seems like it could be the move just to get different. <laughs> I can't see the emojis when I pull them up on stream, but I just love seeing the name on oh. it because it doesn't show. <laughs> and to be clear, it's, it is the island, it's me in the money hat, it's the island, and then it's you in the dumpster <laughs> as the emoji on the channel. But I, <laughs> I don't want there to be a Spags trash emoji. <laughs> I just, I just like just seeing the name of the emoji and not actually seeing it. Matt, Matt Smith saying touts have been trying to make Penny a thing for years. It's sad. To be clear, I don't believe in Rashad Penny either. I just, I feel like everybody's trying to make him a thing, and he was cheap enough. Uh yeah, no, I'm definitely who's been making him a thing, and it's, it's so sad, Matt. It's, yeah. it's really sad. I'd rather have DJ Dallas personally, a guy who does. They oh, try to get, get him out of here a good amount of the time. I, you know, he's involved. he's involved. Get out of here. All right, Pete, what are the plugs for you? We survived this Monday show. We, we did too much Island boys content and boy, there might be more to come. First of all, actually, let me do the plug, hit the like button, whether you're watching on Pete's channel, or the splash play channel, that is an important thing to do. Uh, do that for all your favorite YouTube creators or just people you tolerate and hung out with for an hour. Just give them a like. Cause it does help us out. Get seen by more people. Pete, what's your schedule coming up? I'm doing an Island show. At 7.30 tonight, uh, Showdown Crab uh, at 7.30. Uh, I've been having a lot of fun with those, uh, using the Sims, coming up with the uh, the best leverage plays relative to ownership in the Sims. So, yeah, I'll be doing that at 7.45 tonight if you want to cram and make some Showdown lineups. So go check that out. Of course, subscribe to Pete's channel. Subscribe to the Splash Play channel. Make sure you're also going over to footballoutsiders.com slash subscribe to get their data in your life. DVOA, we talk about a lot, and a lot of people out there talk about a lot, but they have some other great tools and data points to look at. And again, make, make better lines, especially for Monday Night Football, where you can see all these different angles. An important thing to do for yourself, follow at Splash Play Pod as well. Give us five stars and review an Apple podcast. If you want to be on the show or buy yourself a $120 Geno Smith jersey, whatever makes you happy, please do that. And check the link in the description to see 
our new splash play shop that Pete so lovingly crafted for all of you guys out there. Some fine things out there to go buy for yourself and wear proudly across the world. We'll be back Thursday, 2.30 Eastern. And of course, we'll be doing the low ball. We'll do all the stuff that we do on Thursday. Uh, we appreciate you guys for watching. See you then. Thank <music> you.